as of this recording. How you doing, Brian? I mean, I'm doing great, honestly. I'm doing fantastic. That's I good, love life. man. Yeah, man. That's good. What about you, Marcus J? I'm good, man. I'm I'm good, man. Hanging in there, you know. Yeah. You good? Yeah. We gonna we gonna see. <laughs> I know we're yeah. about to dive in because I didn't sound too confident at all. Nah, <laughs> nah. let's dive in. <laughs> yeah, man. So I want to I wanna start. We're going to get right to it. We're we going to start with the negative, man. So uh, so briefly, Marcus, mm-hmm. just like recently, what are some moments or events in your life that have had a negative impact on you mentally? Recent, as in like last few years or? yeah last we'll go with last few years okay you know 2020 wasn't too um wasn't too bright for a lot of people right valley county fire department yes i was just clarifying where that plane went down 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 kobe bryant is dead tonight his adorable 13 year old daughter gianna also dead tonight. Seven other people all dead. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention has confirmed the first U.S. case has been detected in Washington state. Growing concern over a growing health crisis. Clusters of the disease appear in more and more countries. The virus could rapidly spread through local communities. 60 confirmed cases. This is probably the tip of the iceberg. One person has died in the U.S. The World Health Organization has officially called it COVID-19. Ask anyone who knew him, Ahmaud Arbery loved to run. Run, run. The police killing of an African-American woman, Breonna Taylor. You enjoy it, look at you, your body language is crazy. Look at Please, 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 you know, with the pandemic and then being um, in uh, essential business, uh, work became very demanding. And uh, we had some unfortunate events like, uh, you know, George Floyd, you know, Breonna Taylor, several, several of those instances, right? Um, and uh, and I think a lot of those things um, – impacted me negatively so do you think it was a confluence of all of them or did any specific thing have more of an impact on you like pandemic wise or what the news calls the racial reckoning yeah yeah um <laughs> the racial reckoning yeah yeah man yeah. they try to act like it was like they did. a big they did. thing they still out here marking this anyway we're not gonna do that right <laughs> um with all those things going on, man, it's just like, it's, it's a lot. And, uh, that being coupled with, um, a few years before that, my mom passed away and, Mm -hmm. and, uh, I've really been wanting to, uh, talk to her about some of these things because, um, I just remember specific conversations we've had about, uh, you know, police and, and, there's just certain things you want to talk to those kinds, you know, those, those people about and and I can't. So it, it's been weighing heavy on me even two years later, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, I feel that. 
What about you, Brian? Did did you have some similar feelings 2020 wise? Uh, yeah, 2020, you know, it, it hit me pretty hard as you already know. Um, <laughs> I'm not saying I broke down a few times, but I've definitely had some really, really, really bad days. Um, but to, with the epicenter of uh, being um, on the front lines in New York and all that stuff. Even as the virus spreads to new hot spots across the country, New York remains the epicenter of this outbreak. Frontline workers in New York City are deep in a fight without a clear end date. The federal government is deploying the military to help. The bulk of them will go to the Javits Center. And then as of late yesterday, we agreed to deploy uh, a few hundred of them to 11 New York City hospitals. Episode 7, for those of you that may or may not know. You can get the story of Brian in New York. It's a tearjerker. <laughs> and I'm angry, which Ooh. which um, I was angry in 2020. I was extremely angry in 2020. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, looking back, I was depressed. I was lonely. Um, once everything shut, shut down, like I couldn't go out to see family or friends. And because mm-hmm. majority of the people I'm close with, they live all out of state. It's right. a whole year, literally just with me and uh it was it was depressing for me honestly because mm-hmm. i felt like i even though yeah sure i had support and you call people you know video chat and all that stuff it's not the same i think right. it, it almost i went i think i went almost seven months without giving somebody like a physical hug yeah that's that could be rough i, I could imagine i took 2020 like a g that shit ain't affect me yeah, Shit, whatever, you know what I'm saying? No, I'm playing. <laughs> what in the hell? I was like, what, man? <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, 2020 brought some things to light. Um, I think I, I found myself in 2020 and in the subsequent years looking at things in a more broad context. So not necessarily how I was taking, whether it's the pandemic or the quote-unquote racial reckoning. Yeah. I found myself observing how other people handled it. Yeah. And and it, it, that's what had the, the impact on me for my mental health. I realized, yo, a lot of these people out here ain't shit. But I also realized a lot of these people are good and are trying to be better. So 2020 kind of hit me both ways. Mm-hmm. Um in that way because it certainly was it wasn't the worst year of my life it was the worst year no. in a lot of people's lives right yeah. but uh you know it was a typical it was year. great it right. was trash but i've had to make up a word trasher <laughs> yeah right yeah i mean no, I, I agree with you like it wasn't it, it wasn't the worst year but it was definitely a very difficult one yeah yeah. So how did it how did it affect you specifically, Marcus? Did 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 you realize you were sad more often? Were you angry? Were you anxious? I think I kind of realized I was sad a lot more often than anything else. I mean, I was there's certain moments throughout the year that I listen to uh, you know, R and B music. Mm-hmm. I think I listened to R and B the entire year. Oh, you was really in your feelings. Yeah, man. Because yeah. you, you know, for those that don't know, Marcus is a thug, so he don't listen to people singing and shit. Yeah. <laughs> nah. Yo, it was, right. we had all kinds of Bryson Tiller, uh, Summer Walker. She's amazing. The Weeknd, uh, The Weeknd. 
I didn't. But you to, still managed. You still managed to listen to some toxic R and B. I did. Yeah, <laughs> man. got you. Dude. See, I, I listened to that's. See, we got to get your palate up, dog. I was listening to all kinds of old school protest. You didn't even music. let me finish, man. You know what I'm saying? I know I sent a little <laughs> bit of it to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was about to say, actually, I'll share. But yeah, I didn't. Re- one of the moments I realized I was just fucking <laughs> tore up inside. I put on Marvin Gaye, man. What's going on? <laughs> Dang. Yo, I was I cried all the way to work. I don't I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it'll wow. it'll yeah. do that to you in the right situation. Yeah. It's all right, man. Thugs cry. Yeah, that's what Tupac said, dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Nothing wrong yeah. with that. Nothing nah, wrong with yeah. thugs crying. Nah. So 2020, I feel like, also led you, Marcus, to this like awakening where like I need to be more open and try to reveal myself to some people which i'm yeah. sure if anyone's listened to the pod long enough you probably heard him struggle with it <laughs> but to commend him he's he's certainly trying to do it but i found this kind of interesting there was a psychologist named earl turner and he's an okay. assistant professor at pepperdine university right. and i wanted to ask you this marcus this is spe- uh he's specifically talking about therapy but it reminded me of you when i read it so his quote is it's important to tread lightly as he, meaning he, meaning black man, mm-hmm. starts to open up and share his emotions. Because if you push to discuss emotions too soon and he isn't ready, he may decide not to return. Mm. Wow. So do you kind of feel like that as far as trying to open up and like, do you feel maybe sometimes people push, may push you too hard and that makes you stop? Yeah, I was actually just saying this to my wife the other day i said i'm going to stop doing Quit this bother me. <laughs> no 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 just like i was i was we were we were chilling and i was uh explaining to her how uh how difficult it is sometimes to share things you know and right. i'm trying but um this particular day i was just fed up i'm just like what's the point of trying to be open and honest when everyone you you know everyone around you is just you know, some it's some kind of deceit or, you know, it's not to be expected, but like when you do find out, it's kind of like, do you understand how hard it is for me to try to be like transparent and like open and and then, you but, know, so. Wait, what do you mean by everybody though is, is with deceit? There's always somebody trying to manipulate or like pull at the heartstrings because they might have did something wrong or they're trying to get away with something or um previously i felt like i had to be on guard a lot because there's not Mm -hmm. i I don't know how to navigate these waters so and i want to be correct and direct but i don't i have a i have a hard time opening up to people and being transparent with people when they haven't uh Showing me that same regard, um, and it it just makes it harder. So, in in this in this particular moment, I was explaining to my wife that it's much easier to navigate the way I was before because I feel like that's just like I'm in those settings all the time. That's what, and I feel like everyone does it, you know. So, right. it's just not a setting to be transparent and open. And mm-hmm. that person usually gets fucked over. So do you find that since you you kind of don't open up at work and shit, that it's hard to work open up when you get home? Yeah. 
so it doesn't make you feel like uh what do they call it like mouth vomit like you get home you just want to tell your wife everything to get it off your chest you're more I've like done that yo well, i'm not even sure, doing it I, I, i'm yeah. saying but which oh, yeah. which which is like more comfortable for you generally are you like a little bit every day, dude? Or you, do you hold it back for like two weeks and then just and then all of hit a sudden it over the head? Erupt. Oh, okay. No, that's, that's, a, you know, okay. I got you. Um, probably a little bit every day, dude. I, I, mm-hmm. I, at times I catch myself doing the mouth vomit and we just looking at each other like, I'm just like, yo, my, my bad. You know, she's just like, no, like you just don't right. talk this much. It's just, uh, you know, I'm just right. like. So she realized that shit really bothered you. Yeah, yeah. So, but, uh. But yeah, this day, this particular moment, I was explaining to her, like, I'm done doing that shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, that, <laughs> no point. There's no point. Ain't nobody else going to do it. So we're going to, you know, you know, we're going to raise the kids. But I'm going to just be, you know, <laughs> just, you know, go back to, you know, it's, I don't know. <laughs> I said, you know. So does it, make, does it make you feel better to talk to her? Uh, It does. Kind of. Aww. Wait, kind of. Oh, that's nice. You got a good wife. <laughs> what? <It's>... Yeah, I <laughs> no, mean, I, they, no. He's right. No, I'm just saying he's right, though. Like, if she's actively listening and it and is continuously interested in what you have to say, yeah. Because I'm, I, I pray that no one gets to this point. But when they stop actively listening, then it's like, then who's going to be your partner in crime now to divulge all yeah. of yeah, your feelings? Care, I care about what's wrong with you, niggas. You got that check. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, I know, right? That's why, is that why I get, like, sometimes I get sensitive. Like, if I, because, like, she gets so mad at me if I don't share on days where she probably wants me to share, but I get, like, sensitive about the fucking picking up the phone and scrolling while I'm trying to talk because I don't normally talk. And if you want me yeah, to talk, I'm talking, and I'm talking. Yeah. 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 Listen, guys. Yeah, man. So you know. <laughs> I feel you. <laughs> I feel you. Yeah. But Brian, with you like being single, especially in 2020, I'm sure you have people to talk to, but it's not the same as us. where like, we got a spouse. No. Nah. Right. And all that. So, um, well, specifically like with New York, like, how did do you think that affected you mentally aside from all the other shit you've been through in the military? I, that was probably one of the darkest moments in my military career for me, uh, emotionally, because Mm -hmm. I couldn't talk to anybody or it's not that I couldn't talk. It's more so that I felt like I couldn't talk to anybody because I didn't want them to worry about me, which doesn't make sense. But like no, that make that makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like a lot of people do that. Yeah, yep. but it's not it's not but it's not healthy to do that though, right? Mm-hmm. Um and so it you know, it'd be one thing, let's say, if I was trained to do a lot of those things that I was doing up there and I wasn't. And I and nothing in the world would have prepared me for what I was doing there. Yeah, they they generally don't have a pandemic manual. Nah, I mean they, they nah. kinda did, but you know, and them destroyed it, but we ain't talking about that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's funny. Like in New York, I actually felt, um, after I got in a routine, everything was automatic, right? I didn't have time necessarily to think about what I was doing, you know, what was going on, what I was seeing, what I was observing. Every so often I'd have some, just some fucking bad days because those days that I actually had days off, then I was stuck 
not you know in my fields and because i'm not working now my mind's not distracted anymore right so would you say you were on autopilot yeah i was definitely on autopilot yeah that's kind of what yeah. i was describing yeah yeah i think i think we all kind of fall into that i know i certainly fall into it i find that i fall into autopilot more often when i have a routine which i think is probably I would imagine for most people, you know, people work nine to five, you fall into a routine. So it's like, that's just what you do. And then you finally get some downtime. And rather than processing, you're like, yo, I need another distraction. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And at least for me at the time, like, I think I was working almost like 19, 20 hour days every day. Crazy B. For weeks. Um, And when I came home, though. When I came home, that's what truly fucked me up. I you mean home, home, right? Like home, home. Like after I left New York, I came back right. home, and the busyness wasn't there. You know, I'm I'm not gonna. I hate to say it, but I did develop kind of a drinking problem because <laughs> I didn't know how else to cope, man. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I mean, I, I never thought you had a problem, problem, but no. Yeah, nah, you, I was drinking. You sipping? Yeah, I was sipping. Yo, because it's like I, I don't we, have anything. We were as, all sipping in 2020. Yo, yeah. we was we was going through wine heavy around trying here, trying to numb numb feelings. Yeah. Out. For me, like 2020 specifically, it wasn't so much. Uh, I mean, the wine wasn't so much a product of trying to numb as it was. Yo, we can't go nowhere. I'm bored. Yeah, we in the house. The baby sleep. Fuck it. It's good yeah. with this red. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, y'all remember I had all those uh, whiskey bottles sit on that shelf behind me. Yeah, you know? oh, I was yeah, just looking at. Yeah. I just looked at those one day, and I was just like, "Why do I have so many open at once?" Like, but you also have a bottle collector problem. You've been doing that shit since uh, college. I do actually. I have some under my desk right here. They just I mean, look cool. I don't know. Dude. <laughs> a bottle they, collector. They problem. just look cool. <laughs> they do. I had to throw a couple of them away. Though. I was like, "Wait, I know what a crown apple bottle looks like." Man, throw those away. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and what do you what do you what do you do with them after the fact? I just think they look cool. I don't know, dude. Some oh, okay. of them, some of the bottles are dope. I can't, yeah. I can't knock you for that. Except yeah. for when you used to like have Powerade bottles because those are all trash. But you know, yeah. each is on. <laughs> so as far as uh, the military, Brian, once you got back home and you stopped drowning yourself in alcohol, what did you do to kind of cope with your with your mental health stuff? Uh, I, I reached out to a therapist and, um, I didn't have the best experience in the beginning with my, with therapists in the beginning either. Did you have a black therapist by chance? No, I I didn't. They, no, they, they weren't. I was curious because, um, as far as therapy is concerned, you know, just overall, we don't do it very much. We meaning black men. Yeah. Uh, part of that being because there aren't a lot of black therapists. Only like 4% of doctoral level psychologists are black. I was thinking like less than one. No, we got four. We moving up around here. You know All right. Man, it just bet, takes bet. time. But you went to see a therapist. So um, Yeah, I, I went to go see a therapist, right? And everything at this point was was virtual. Um, and I was already, I didn't, Damn, I didn't you can't to, even see a therapist. No, nah, man. But honestly, I didn't, trash. I didn't want to. And like, oh. I got first assigned to a, uh, a COVID-19 behavior health task force or whatever, okay. whatever, whatever it was called. And then they were supposed to specialize with COVID-19 issues. 
And apparently for me, my issue was so unique. They're like, yo, we can't help you. So I got transferred. <laughs> <laughs> they right. you crazy as shit. Yeah. <laughs> because, and so as, as I got, I think I went through three different therapists until I found one that I, that I really connected with. Was it important to go through those first two to find the third? For me, yes. Why? First off, you need to feel 100% or as close to being comfortable with that individual. Mm-hmm. And what that means is being able to be open, not feeling judged, and mm-hmm. and just be, you're able to be yourself. To me, and that, mm-hmm. that's what was important because I, I've had therapists in the past to where I just felt like they really were just there to be there. And whatever treatment that they were trying to provide just wasn't effective because our rapport was, was just terrible. Yeah, so, like that, like they were, like they were on autopilot, <laughs> right? And and that's really what it was. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's just the, the feedback that I I've had before, and, and with these therapists that I that I had kind of uh, run through, so to speak. Um, it just the it the treatment in terms of them treating me as a person wasn't there, and to me that's important. Don't treat me as a statistic. Don't just right. treat me per se as a patient, right? Treat me as treat me as a person. You because... don't have one of those bad boys too therapists, doc. Huh? Like Mike Lowry did. Yeah, I mean, I know what you're talking about. Ooh, Ooh mm-hmm. Officer Mike. Que rico, papi. Mm. Papi, that's daddy, right? Yeah. Ooh, Mike, you go to therapy to get your issues worked out. Not bang your therapist. No, no. I- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what? What made the third therapist the one? The, um, the what made the third therapist the one was that like I almost felt like he just dropped the textbook. He dropped his notepads. He dropped mm-hmm. his pen because mm-hmm. when you when you when you're with the therapist, I'm not saying they they look at what they call a DSM five. They look at you know their notepad. They write down everything that you say. He for our first few sessions, he didn't write at least in front of me. He didn't write shit down, right. and he just listened. And he just listened, and that right. that just felt that was that was that was incredible to me. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, that probably feel kind of weird. Somebody's taking notes while you're talking to him, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had a I had a couple therapy sessions way back. Uh, this was like probably like ten years now, and he didn't really write much, but. Uh, he did write a little bit, but the thing he did was he would write the stuff down. And then at the end of the session, he would show me what he wrote. So I didn't feel mm. like I was nuts. Right. Hmm. Yeah. Which was, which was an interesting <laughs> tactic. Wait, but, <laughs> but wait, 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 wait. Have you ever told like a joke? At least you thought it was a funny joke to your therapist and you're over here cracking up, but they're sitting there looking at you concerned and start writing this shit down. In the notepad. No, no, I didn't. Oh, I didn't that happens that. in real life. Yeah, I could, that's I could to me imagine. <laughs> I could imagine if I did that shit now because I feel like my sense of humor is a little darker than it was ten years sure. ago. But <laughs> well, I had to develop a dark sense of humor when I was in New York, so everything I was trying to relay and illustrate to him sometimes, mm-hmm. and this was further in our treatment. 
I'd be cracking up, right? And and it's dark, <laughs> demented stuff. I'm talking about dead bodies and bags. I was just about to say, you did not tell yeah. a joke. Like, yeah, man, did I open the semi truck <laughs> thinking it was gonna be a bunch of boxes and shit? And, <laughs> but yo, all these bodies, yo, it was a bunch of bodies and shit. That shit was crazy. He said, the "Fuck, all right, hold on, man, let me write this down." Scribble, 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 yeah, scribble, yeah. scribble, scribble, scribble. He wasn't laughing at all. Probably like, oh shit, right? And then, and then, and then I got to stop talking, and, and we don't revisit the jokes. So. Oh <laughs> yeah. snap, yeah. Yeah. So in talking to uh, your third therapist, we'll just go with the third therapist because I like the alliteration. <laughs> what, what did they end up saying? Like, what's going on with you? Like, did they say, yo, you crazy? Or were they like hopeful? Because <laughs> I, I, I feel I, like a lot of people think to themselves, yo, they just go tell me I'm crazy. I know I'm crazy. I need somebody to help me with something else. <laughs> you know, you know, he 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 validated that I was crazy. Like it, like what I was experiencing wasn't in my head, but he validated right. that my craziness was actually valid, right? And that oh, was actually okay. that makes sense. Yeah, okay. and that actually was real dope to me. I was like, yo, so I'm not like just crazy in here. Like I have a reason to be crazy, right? The re- man, what, part, part, I mean, not part of the reason. Yeah, part of the reason why I kept seeing him as well is because I had I had very high anxiety um, to the point to where my sleep was fucked up, appetite was not there. Um, I was having angry outbursts wherever I was, family, friends. Like I couldn't, I couldn't talk to people because I felt like every time I'm looking around, I'm seeing shit from New York visualizing it but also i'm scared to get covid myself because i'm not trying right. to die right so, we, we remember all the masks and uh yeah wipes and shits you had uh, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it, it's interesting you meant you mentioned uh being anxious because um i saw a stat where only 26 percent of black men black and hispanic hispanic men ages 18 to 44 who experience daily feelings of anxiety or depression were likely to have any kind of mental health services compared to 45% of non-Hispanic white men with the same feelings. Like for whatever reason, black folks, we, you know, especially men, we just don't go to therapists. And I've considered it like when I went the first time I had my parents to push me, um, and clearly, I don't have that now. I've considered it, but uh, I haven't done it. I don't really have a particular reason why I haven't done it. But I was just about to ask you, like, why? I, I, I don't. I really just don't have a, a reason that I haven't. I'm sure there's reasons to do it. I just haven't. Hmm. Would you? I mean, I guess. Are you ever? Are you con- uh, currently considering? I wouldn't say currently considering it, but I'm not against it by any means. I mean, I've that's, encouraged that's, I've encouraged many people to uh, see a therapist. I feel like for the for, for the uh, it can certainly help anyone and everyone. And I also I don't believe you should wait until you know like you're suicidal or like you know no you that far should. down to go. But I feel like for myself personally, I have a pretty good grasp on everything. I feel like if I ever felt anywhere near the way I felt after my parents passed, then I, at this point I would certainly go to a therapist, you know? Yeah. I, 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 that's, I'm going to say, I completely agree with you because if you, you know, we watching you guys grow through those times, you know, I, 
I'm not, and I apologize, but I, I, I tried to push you guys to seek therapy because I thought it was going to be beneficial for you. You know, therapy, I got bars. I don't, but <laughs> I, just, I don't know. I, I, uh, I didn't think I needed it at the time, but I think I gotta, I gotta agree with Alex looking back. I, I just kept myself busy. So I probably did. Yeah, need it. I probably, I probably, do, yeah. And Alex used to get on me all the time about me being busy. Well, yeah, yeah. That's, what, that's what I'm saying. Understanding now, like, just all the tons of responsibilities I have now is just like, yeah, that was dumb. And then looking back, I mean, hindsight is always 2020, but. Right. Um, yeah. I How ironic. Ha! Damn. <laughs> <laughs> so when you, you went to your therapist, did they say, uh, Brian, that you had drapedomania? No. You ain't had drapedomania? Did you have diacetesis atheopica? I don't even know what the heck. You speaking English? What? <laughs> yeah, it's English, Man, dog. So if you had uh, drapedomania, so that is what a so-called scientist way, way back said. That's what made enslaved Africans flee captivity. What? Oh, hell no. <laughs> yeah, no, I've been man. Told that. So, yeah, I was, I was looking I was looking into some stuff and I came across this and it, it said uh drapedomania this happens when masters quote make themselves too familiar with slaves by treating them as equals. Yo. Wow. Wow. So so that's what that's what makes them want to uh start fleeing. And uh I'm mad they gave that a diagnosis. I'm mad that they... Yeah, so when when a quote-unquote slave, we're just using the word slave because this is a word that would have been used back in 1851 when this this was happening. If a slave becomes sulky and dissatisfied without cause, which is a warning sign of imminent flight, meaning that the slave is going to leave, quote, whipping the devil out of them, should be yeah, that, used that was effective. as a preventative measure. Yeah, that was, that was pretty effective. So they won't leave if you whip them. <laughs> Yo. What is wrong with people, dude? I, hey, man. You know what's I, funny? I'll, I'll, link, I'll link that in the show notes because but, I was reading it. It, it is nuts. That but, is you know, but, you, but you know what, though? The fact that you said that, it's, so it's like they made this, they made this prognosis of, okay, the slaves are happy. So they're happy to be slaves. They're happy to work 24, 24, eight. They're happy. They're happy. So, so they're not, they're not going to want to flee, but that's, that's <laughs> crazy that, that they had that impression that slaves didn't want to flee ever. That's right. I'm sure and, some did and it. Then, but. And then to say that whooping the devil out of them as a preventative measure, they also had what I said earlier. I'm not even going to try to say it again, but what, a symptom of it, was uh, physical signs or lesions of the body? Wait, after they got the ass? Whoop! Yeah, but 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 the diagnosis didn't say nothing about the lesions could have been because they was getting their ass beat. It just right. said that they would have lesions, and this was a theory for the cause of laziness among slaves. You know, not all the other problems with slavery. <laughs> Yo, that is that is crazy, dude. Oh. That's so but crazy. For, 
I'm mad. I'm, I'm mad that they equated laziness with slavery. Anyway. Well, they only made them like, fucking rules. They only made this shit up because they faced adversity. Because there was some actual good people out there. It's like, yo, this right. might be kind of crazy. So it's it, like, actually, it's, it's not crazy. What happens is, and I'm like, as you're reading this shit off, I'm like, yo, somebody sat in a room somewhere and actually came up with some shit to deter probably the good whites and made it seem like it was a sickness. <laughs> Yo, there's well, some evil well, people, to be, man. To be fair, there there were some people in the north who poo-pooed this shit. It was like, yo, <laughs> you wildin'. I think the gentleman's name, I shouldn't call him gentleman, but his name was Samuel Cartwright, who came up with these couple of, I guess, what do we call them? You know. Diagnoses. <laughs> yeah, the science, the science back then was so incredible. All of that relates to how, to this day, a lot of us are skeptical of all this mental health talk and therapy and all that. Mm-hmm. So Marcus, I'm curious, how do you think racism just in general, whether it's, you know, your day-to-day life or what you see on in media, how do you think that's affected your mental health? I think it affects it uh, a lot. Um, I've said this in the pod before, but you don't have a lot of examples of people who look like me in these positions. So how do you expect me to trust, you know, like you, you're going through what I'm going, or you've been through what I've been through, or you kind of, you know, understand my take on it when Mm -hmm. you don't come from where I come from. Right. Which is, which is tough because like I mentioned before, they're specifically talking about therapy. There aren't a lot of therapists that look like us. Yeah. So that makes sense. I feel like in my day to day life, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think this is racism affecting my mental health as much as it's these things that I've internalized in regards to race mm-hmm. that have me on my toes that occasionally cause a bit of anxiety because where I live is predominantly white and specifically in my little area, I, you know, I've never really had any problems, but there's a, a neighboring town, mm-hmm. which when I got to go over there, Yo, my antennas anxiety are up. is yeah. up. Yeah. Antennas are up. I'm supposed to wear a mask. I'll be nervous. <laughs> like, yeah, maybe man. they don't want me to wear a mask. <laughs> Never always pull the hood down so you can see the rest of my face. So, you know, people don't think I'm out here doing something crazy. And they very well probably and don't think I am trying to do anything. But it's an added layer of anxiety because in this specific town, I've had numerous run-ins with cops where I've done nothing wrong. Yeah. Sir, you I've don't had, you belong I've, here. Right. And I probably don't. I've had, you know, <laughs> you get out you get out the car and, you know, the women put their head down and clutch their purse. Yeah. Like the whole thing. Yeah. So they lock I don't what's that? I'm just saying you're you're getting out of your car in the parking lot and someone locks their door. Yeah. <laughs> you know just, what's funny? Ne- next know. time that happens, if that happens to you when, you know, some white lady or something locks their door when you walk by, just be like Damn. <laughs> yeah, you just sta- you stand right behind her, stop your fingers like, damn, foiled yeah. again. I gotta be more, gotta be quieter, I guess. <laughs> All right. What, man? All right. So there's a lot a lot of these things like when we just get out here in the world that are it's like just a part of you already. It's like you said, like when you around, like I work in a, well, I'm, I'm always going to work in a predominantly white <laughs> you know, like company, but mm-hmm. like when, you know, going back to 2020, no one 
No one said anything, you know, like, you know, no one's going to talk about it, which is fine. You know, I don't need people to talk about it, but it all, it adds, like you said, it adds an extra layer when you got somebody who, you know, somebody was looking for a leader or a manager and they asked, uh, um, I'm looking for, I'm looking for somebody. Are you the only manager here right now? And I'm like, yeah, I think everybody went home. And he's like, well, shouldn't you be at that George Floyd funeral? Now, (laughs) there's a couple of things I could have did in the situation, right? (laughs) One of them, you know, would be detrimental to me and my family. The other, (laughs) you know, you know, you know, I just, it just, it just takes a lot, man. It takes a lot, Mm -hmm. you know? takes a lot yeah. that's it I yeah i feel that there's a lot of i i wonder are those microaggressions brian or is that what those are called oh yes yes People they are to take little jabs like that i've had yep. some of that stuff before oh that's that doesn't a, that's really bother me oh. oh it doesn't bother you it, it doesn't bother me but sometimes i play into it just because it's entertaining yeah that's that's usually the tact i take yeah <laughs> I guess I didn't feel like yeah. playing into it this day <laughs> or that or that year. You know, it could have it could have been a bad day for him, man. For all of us, really. You know. So does <laughs> does stuff like that affect you mentally, though? Like, do you take some type of note and like, yo, do you attribute that to just him, or do you attribute that to people like him? Kind of. I know this person, so in the moment, you know, attribute it to him. But when I when I had a chance to reflect on it, and and obviously, I, you guys, I've ter- I've told this before, so you know. Um, I've never forgotten that because I think well, how could you <laughs> exactly? I think that year because I'm with y'all. Like, if we can make a quick joke, yeah, come on, we joke about everything. Come on, mm-hmm. but I think this particular year and that particular joke and that just poor timing. My my headspace, yeah, it's just too much, man. Yeah, couldn't do it. Not too much because too much could have taken us somewhere else, but it wasn't enough to get me to that point. But I'll never forget that joke, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, you clearly haven't. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, clearly. Yeah. <laughs> so what makes you want to to feel good? Like, what makes you want to keep your mental health in check? I mean, we, we could just decide to be anxious and depressed and, and shit all the time and just be cool with it. But there's got to be some reasons why we try to handle our mental health the best way we can. So... What makes you want to do that, Marcus? Yeah, let's see, Marcus, answer this first because my answer is going to be long. Oh, heck no. All right, hold on. Let me get into oh, it. Oh, really? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, kids, my wife, family, friends. But as of late, though, black life, though. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, man. Man. This, this pod, man, means a lot to me right now, dude. I think my wife sees that, which is why, whew, shit, she let me get away with a lot. Man, I've been in here for way too long, dude. <laughs> you know, but I think she sees that she, I, I think she likes hearing us talk about some of this shit too, because she's a huge advocate as far as like. Um, Shout out to Elise. Yeah, man. She wants us to get this shit out there. She wants people to pay attention to it. She's a, she's a huge advocate of the pie, but um, I think she sees how it, how it affects me. Um, You know, she, if it's, if she can't get me to open up about it, I think she likes that Alex and Brian, I talked to at least somebody about it and I seem to talk to y'all about a lot of shit on here. So whatever. Yeah. But, especially because we ain't, we're not shit human beings. So it's not like we gonna Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That, that's her crazy. Yeah. That's the main thing. Like, like we talked about earlier, like trust and, and all that shit, like it's important, man. And like, and if, if 
you don't have somebody that you can open up to like that, I think it it is a huge detriment to to the person that can't open up. So, and trust me, I I know how that is. So, uh, if I don't, <laughs> if I'm not talking to her about it, she just appreciates the fact that there's somebody else that I can talk to about it. Even if we are putting this shit out here to a million people, but y'all yeah, and, and making a lot of inappropriate jokes before yeah. we give your long ass answer. No, 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 no. <laughs> Just wanted to give Shit. a caveat to what he said. Damn, Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> this is just a shout out to Elise, man. I, I think no, I, I think as as a partner, right? I think it's awesome that she actually isn't jealous that you don't share everything with her, yeah. but can yeah, share. You it could with have people. one of those. Oh, yeah, man. I've had that, and that's garbage. Oh, <laughs> doesn't, doesn't surprise me. You've yeah. had a lot yeah. of different things. Yep. Anyway, I, I probably I, I probably don't share a lot with my wife directly as much as you probably do Marcus because I'll put it in a song let her hear it and then we'll talk about it oh, okay you know what I'm saying so yeah, it's kind yeah. of a, a roundabout way to do the same thing yeah but I, I feel I get better clarity when I process it through lyrics or writing first right and then give it to her and not in all instances but yeah in uh some instances and, you know, your wife, your kids, of course, you want to be mentally healthy for them. But I just oh. feel better when I feel better. Right? You right. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Everything feels better when I feel better. So that's the biggest thing for me. You're right. You know, when you wake up and you're just like, today's going to be a good day. Even when it's not, dude. When you just feel good, it feels good. Dude. It feels <laughs> yeah. good. You know what I'm saying? Even when it's yeah. bad, it feels yeah. good. Nothing can touch yeah. me until it touches you. And now you're like, man, this day sucks. And I, <laughs> okay, Brian. I'm going to say, okay, no, no, you saw, you saw my thunder. I was just going to elaborate further on what you said. But the, the sum it up, it's – no, because it's – I've, 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 I've been through some dark emotions and spots in my life to where I've been down, I've been up, I've been down, I've been up, right? And mm-hmm. so I – I looking back, like I didn't like the way I, I felt when I was down and I didn't like the way I treated people when I was down. I didn't like my outlook on life when I was down, my energy, my motivation. And so, you know, what helps me keep my mental health in check is just, you know, I'm selfish as shit now. And that's, <laughs> I love it. That's one thing that's been keeping me motivated and my health in check because that's been a big detriment for me, you know, to always do things for other people. And whether it's reciprocated or not, which more time than that, then it's not. But <laughs> I, I, I love being selfish, man. It's great. It's fantastic. But that's not even, that's not even a selfish thing. I kind of live selfish. by that idiom is if I'm good, Everybody else will be good. Exactly. Because I will be exuding that good. So much to where it is annoying and it gets on people's nerves. And I don't give a fuck. <laughs> oh, that's why you do that. <laughs> oh, yo. I don't think like that, which is interesting. You don't think like what? I would like to, though. That's it. Well, because don't you feel like, I don't know. I guess I try no. to. Huh? Oh. <laughs> what are you about oh, to say? Shit, no, I don't feel that All way. Right, man, Go ahead. Bad, <laughs> no, no, no. Say what? Yeah, like, uh, I don't know. I, I just watched somebody take care of everybody without taking, not without taking care of themselves, but like, um, they just put more effort towards taking care of everybody else versus taking care of themselves. So, mm-hmm. I just feel like that's what the oldest, that's what the, you know, the, 
the um I don't know. Is it older sibling syndrome? I don't know what to call no, it. No, no, no. I, I I'm a I, I'm a big believer now is you do what you can when you can do it. Oh, uh, I'm yeah, I'm working myself into that space as we speak. But I feel like you, right. <laughs> you know, in in taking care of other people, you can't give them your best if you're not your best. That's true. So That's true too. I feel like I'm I'm letting the people I love and care about down because I can't give them all that I could. Right. If I felt better. So you have to be the epicenter of your life versus making other people the epicenter of yours. Right. And it feels weird because, you know, this has been a a process. It's something I've known and something I've seen should be the way to go through seeing other people struggle with that same thing you're talking about, Marcus, is trying to take care of everybody else. It took a while to get here, but now that I'm here, yeah, shit is fire. Yeah, every, everything everything is easier. It doesn't matter how big or small the situation is. It's it's just when you feel good, it's a lot easier for you to tread through the the murky water, the the dark yeah. space, and and it's easier for you to bounce back too. Yeah, I concur. Okay. So yeah, work on that. Yeah, stay right, prayed man. up, bro. Yeah, man. I mean, we love Elise, but you know, <laughs> you know, stop taking care of her. Stop taking care of your kids and take care yeah. of yourself. No, it doesn't have to be, yeah, yeah, like, it doesn't have to be that drastic. <laughs> All right, look, everybody got to leave. Nah. I got to work on myself. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I'm just playing. But, you know, you got to find that, that balance where, you know, you always need to take care of those close to you, but you got to throw some little bit of time in there for yourself. And to all you listening out there, how do you go about it? Do you do you have time for yourself before you give time to everybody else? You know, what's your mental health like? How's it been the last few years? You good? You up? You down? I mean, hit us in the chat on the socials at Black Life Pod. That's B-L-A-C-L-I-F-E-P-O-D. We'll have uh, a couple of resources in the show notes so you can hit those. Maybe you're looking into therapy want to know some more of what it's about we'll have a few things down there for you to look at and uh five stars spotify apple written review we love those stars because they help the podcast reach other people and i think today we did a pretty good job of giving some important information to the people out there Hopefully you can relate. If not, thank you for listening anyway and getting through the whole pod. We will be back next week to dissect some more of this craziness that is life. Love yourself. Love one another. to celebrate the black experience and black contributions to our country and for corporate brands 
It's a time to suggest that Langston Hughes would have loved the new Wendy's Double Baconator. <laughs> Unfortunately, 14 states have a weird way of celebrating Black History Month with new rules that limit how teachers can teach Black History Month. Or as the teachers... Or as the teachers will now be forced to call it, month. <laughs> One black educator warned that these new laws would mean that teachers could mention that Jackie Robinson broke Major League Baseball's color line, but not discuss why black players were banned. They could also mention soul singer Marvin Gaye, but not discuss his what's going on lyrics. <laughs> Instead, school districts would have to teach this version. Lewis? Mother, mother. Gee, your blouse looks nice today. Brother, 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 I made you this fish fillet. You know I just came here to say that everything is a-okay. Terrible lyrics, but I somehow still want to have sex. (laughs) That's how powerful Marvin Gaye is.